You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 197. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. This episode is sponsored by Aptive. Aptive is the on-demand audio fitness app that I have been raving about. I love it so much. If you're looking to do some workouts indoors, outdoors, on an elliptical, if you wanna do weight training, if you wanna do yoga, running indoors or on the treadmill, this is an app for you to try. If you wanna give it a shot and see why I love it, or even start to meditate, they're now adding meditations to their app as well, you can see what I'm raving about over at aptive.com. That's A-A-P-T-I-V.com. If you go over there and sign up and make your profile, use the code The Lively Show when you make your profile. That's gonna give you a free 30-day trial of the service, and then you go download it on your phone and you're ready to go. I love the trainers themselves that are teaching you how to do these workouts. I love that they have also broken it down so you can pick an easy, a medium, or a hard workout. And I'm actually excited after this episode is recorded to go try one of the running outdoor workouts actually right now. So I'm gonna actually be using a new one and seeing what new types of, I don't know, speed training or whatever I feel like based on my mood after this. So I am actually using this app and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do if you check it out as well. And in other news, this is a really random fact, but did you know, of course you haven't because I haven't mentioned it, but random fact, it actually takes me longer to record the intros when I say you're listening to The Lively Show episode whatever. That actually takes me more takes than the actual episodes themselves. It's so funny that I just do one take to actually record that actual episode for you, but it can take, I don't know, between like eight and 12 takes sometimes just to say that perfectly, or not really perfectly, but as close to consistency as possible. Now you know. So now let's move on. Happy Valentine's Day for everyone. Whatever your interest is in Valentine's Day, whether you love, hate it, or are indifferent, whether you're single, married, or dating, whatever your love life situation may be, happy Valentine's Day. Normally, I totally haven't been for the last few years focused on holidays and making the episodes correlate to the holidays. I barely even mention holidays in many cases on Instagram where many people are always making things very themed. I usually don't. However, this week I do have two episodes specifically based on love, but based on love in my circumstances is not your typical romantic partner scenario. I'm single right now and I have an episode today about what I'm doing to bring in using Law of Attraction, my new partner. And then on Thursday, I have a different perspective on love, which applies to everyone, no matter what you're dating or marital status may be based on internal love that's been an enduring evolution I've realized in my own life since I was eight years old. There's been a pattern which I actually think has been a part of this whole hormone journey that I've been on and the reason I've had PCOS. I had some pretty profound aha moments in a recent retreat that I'm gonna be sharing with you. And I don't really have any final answers for you, but just to say, as I've said before, I'm sharing in pencil with you guys what I'm actually going through as this journey unfolds. And I want to be real with you about it because I think it's interesting 
thing. I'm watching the movie along with you that is my life right now and going, where is this going next? And ultimately, how can what I'm going through also benefit you as well? So you guys have been loving all of the recent episodes, especially in 2017, as I've just really owned the fact that I'm obsessed with consciousness, energy, law of attraction, quantum mechanics, and all of these things that I'm weaving together on the show. And it's been so fun to bring in super sciencey things like the work frequency episode to the more out there, you know, transrational Abraham Hicks material with law of attraction, and then even telling you guys about what my intuition is telling me in my letters to my intuition. It's been fun to change it up and change all these different facets of what I've been focused on personally here with you. So this week is going to be a little bit of a new take. It's going to be really just a peek into where I'm at personally in hopes that this is helpful for you as well. So stay tuned and stick around even if you already have a partner right now. What I'm going to share about how I'm using the law of attraction in my life with my partner can also apply to aspects of your life that you don't have manifested yet. So at the end of this, I'm going to show how this stuff that I'm doing now in the partner realm could help you if you're looking for a new career or a shift in your life in some other area. And I think it's really interesting as well right now. I could give you fun stories about how I've manifested different things. And usually they're smaller things that aren't quite as important to me, like I just manifested going skydiving here in Australia, totally out of the blue, decided I wanted to do that before I came to Australia based on a friend's recommendation. And then through the most random of circumstances, I'm actually going to, it's not quite skydiving. I'm going to a wind tunnel, which is essentially the same thing here in Sydney tonight. So who knew that I was going to, you know, have this random desire and then it actually flowed so easily. Well, that's a small thing and it already happened. So it's kind of like this little nice package that doesn't really, I think, make as quite the impact that I'd like to make with you. Whereas this partner piece of my life is a big part of my life that I'm looking forward to having in my life and also has not happened yet. So I think this is really showing that I'm walking the walk and you might be curious if I'm this obsessed with law of attraction and spending two to five hours a day getting into alignment, et cetera, et cetera. What am I doing right now? before it's actually happened. And also it'll just be interesting as this partner eventually does come into my life to be able to share with you guys what went into creating that manifestation. So that's what I'm gonna be talking about in today's episode. And there's gonna be three parts. Part one is the refresher on what the law of attraction is in case you're new to this and you haven't listened to that other episode yet on the show. Part two will be what I'm actually doing to quote unquote call him in, which is manifestation lingo for, you know, creating the path so that I am the attractor that will attract this type of relationship into my life. And then part three, which is how you can apply these ideas in the non-relationship areas. Of course, if you have a relationship you're looking for, you can use the part two stuff if you'd like to borrow any of my suggestions that I'll just share from what I'm actually doing in my real life. So hopefully this will be a fun one for you guys with a lot of different tips and let's get started. So part one, a refresher on the law of attraction. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of Abraham Hicks and they're speaking on the subject of the law of attraction. And of course, this is everywhere. This is so universal that it's not obviously just that Abraham, they didn't invent it. They're just the voice that I have heard it most clearly through. But you'll find this in every walk of life everywhere because it's honestly just true. So like attracts like. 
in order for you to have a certain experience, you must be a vibrational match to that type of experience, which means you can't be thirsty for something. This is the term I'm using to help people clarify when they say, oh, I want a million dollars or I want a partner or I want a new job. Wanting it in disbelief or wanting it in this desire that you will feel so much better once the thing is in your life, that's feeling thirsty. It's like you haven't quenched the thirst until the thing manifests or comes true and is actually active in your life. Well, that feels terrible, first of all, to feel that thirstiness. And because it doesn't feel good, it's not a very great frequency. It's not a great emotional frequency to actually be a match for how good it will feel to be in that job or in that relationship. So you have to make sure, first of all, that you're feeling the wanting without the needing of the thing in your life. Quite literally, as Esther through Abraham tells a story of a woman who wanted to manifest her partner. So very literally what I'm talking about today. And she got fed up with working with Abraham and she said, you know what? I think you just want me to be so good at imagining him and being so clear on it that it doesn't matter if he ever comes. Like, I think you just want me to imagine this so clearly that it doesn't even matter if he comes or not. And Abraham said, exactly. Because once you do That's what you're seeking all along is the feeling of that partnership. And also that's when he has to come. When you're at that place where it no longer matters if you have the next job or the next partner, that's when the partner or the job is a match for you, which is so hard. What the what? Like that's the opposite of when we say we want something, I believe our definition of wanting something is literally that thirstiness. And so as we use that term and we feel that vibration, we're not at the place of actually creating it in our lives. And that's why often people have to be distracted by other aspects of their lives. And they say that they met their partner when they were least expecting it. It's because they had no resistance and they had no thirstiness for that type of relationship. So the person was a vibrational match. So for myself in this case, I want to say this right up front. What I'm going to explain in part two, I try only to do when I'm in alignment, which means when I'm feeling really good and when I'm not feeling thirsty for the relationship. So what I'm going to share in part two, I try not to do whenever I'm feeling out of alignment or like, oh, it's going to be so much better when I'm with this person. So it's only when I'm feeling really great on my own that I actually focus on part two. So now let's talk about part two. What am I actually doing to quote unquote call him in? And I was talking with my friend Chase the other day, by the way, and he was saying, you know, Jess, he's he's on this journey with me. We call each other soul brother and soul sister. And uh, he was saying, I, I can't get around the word manifest. And it's kind of a side tangent, but I'll just clarify here for you guys too. I remember feeling like it was a pretty weird word or this term call him in or attract and all of these terms were very weird and unfamiliar and bulky sounding to me or cheesy, honestly. And it's become over the year that I've really deeply gone into this, something I no longer resist or have a problem with. But if you don't love those words or those phrases, that's totally fine. I hope that even just by me sharing them and using them in the context that I'm sharing them in, they might become more familiar for you guys or just adjust them to what does resonate for you, like creating or I don't know what other words you could use besides calling him in, manifesting or attracting, but either way, just don't let the words throw you off. But now let's talk about what I'm actually doing to quote unquote, call him in or be the vibrational match 
to that type of relationship. Number one is something that Lewis Howes told me a long time ago, back when I interviewed him. We talked later and he was single at the time and he was talking about how he was focused on, instead of looking for a specific partner, being in love with the world. So being in a relationship, he said he had a coach or someone really wise had told him, you know, when you're single, you don't have to say that you don't have a relationship. You're in a relationship with the whole world. And that's true whether you're dating someone specifically in a romantic way or not, of course. But when you are single, especially, it's so powerful and such a shift to go from this thirstiness of a partner to recognizing, I do this in every day, recognizing that I'm in a relationship with the whole world. The whole world is in this relationship with me. So what that means to me in my head, and these are little things, and this is just honestly the stuff I'm doing. This is not saying you need to do any of this, but these are the real deal things I'm doing that help me stay in that non-thirsty alignment for this type of relationship. One thing, this is so silly, but it's when I cross the street, especially if I'm near a man, I tend to kind of think about how like crossing the street, I'm not alone crossing the street. Obviously this person's not my boyfriend (laughs) that's walking with me, but I kind of like to, I don't know why there's something about crossing the street and if they're with me that it's kind of like crossing the street together, even though I don't even know who this person is. I'm never going to speak to them, but, and it's not even that I have to be attracted to them. None of those things need to be true, but I just, in that moment, recognize my not aloneness, if you will, and especially traveling the world, being alone, you know, this is the, the stuff that I think about. Also, one of the things I love in relationships is my partner driving. I don't really love driving. I love being the very entertaining passenger, keeping the driver entertained and helping in other ways, but definitely the co-pilot, not the driver of a car. Nothing wrong with the drivers out there. My mom's definitely the driver in my mom and dad's relationship, but for me, I definitely like being the co-pilot. Well, when I'm driving around as I travel, I use Uber. And so my Uber drivers in those scenarios are my boyfriend in this case. Am I trying to date them? Am I attracted to them? No, but is it a partner? Is it someone in my life who is holding that space that I look forward to having with a relationship? Yes. So it helps me feel like there's less of a disconnect between where I want to be and where I am. In addition, even things like I think back to when I had that huntsman spider I've mentioned in my flat a few weeks ago here in Sydney, the Airbnb host was married as kind of the dad of the family. He was able to come down and deal with the huntsman spider. So I didn't have to. And in that case, in the past, you know, my last relationship, I was definitely not the cockroach dealer person. I always said I brought life into the world and the other partner could take life out of the world. Or even now I'm not even trying to kill insects, but you know, you get the point. So I'm not the spider trapper. I am appreciative of even like someone like an Airbnb host being that partner for me in that moment. And then of course there's actual dates that I go on that I'm literally, you know, dating and I'm in this relationship for whatever, for a few hours, just if it's a drink or a dinner, or even if it's multiple, you know, there's kind of this little part again of being in love with the world, with this partner or this person I'm spending time with. Also just fun conversations with strangers on the train. That's a wonderful time when I would love to be with my partner doing that. And I could do that with random people from all over the world whenever I'm on the train. It's easy to start conversations with people and have amazing experiences. 
And then of course, just sharing with friends or here with you when things go on in my life to communicate what's happening. Those are also things that I look forward to sharing with my partner, which I can share with you guys. And of course, all of these things will continue after I have a relationship as well. But the difference is right now I'm looking at them as all variations of how I'm in love or in relationship with the world. And I'm not necessarily lacking any of these aspects that I look forward to sharing with my partner as well. Now let's move on. The other one I'm thinking about is the fact that you might be wondering whether I have the opinion that there's one person, one soulmate out there, or if there are thousands or, you know, is there a one or not? I kind of like Mr. Matthew Hussey's take on this. You guys have heard him here on the show. He's an awesome, awesome dating advice guy for women. If you want to check him out, you can find him over at gettheguy.com. I also love his YouTube channel for dating advice as a woman. Totally recommend it if you want to go check it out. But his perspective on whether there's a one, he believes there are thousands of ones. So does Abraham Hicks, by the way. So we've got rational Matthew Hussey. We've got transrational Abraham Hicks saying the same thing. There are thousands of ones out there. But I really like Matthew's perspective. He said, you know, there are many people we could probably be very equally happy with. However, it's a combination of meeting one of those people, one of those thousands, and at the same time, both being in the same place and ready for that type of commitment. So for me, when my brain wants to go into scarcity mode, when it wants to, as the ego, feel like it's never going to happen, or when is it going to happen for me, or it's so hard, all of that stuff, I try to remind myself, I'm not looking for a needle in a haystack. There are thousands of them running around on the planet. I'm actually not looking for one. I'm just looking for one of them to meet cross paths in the divine timing that's right for both of us. So that helps me keep an abundance mentality. And it's not about me waiting around for this one specific human. Now, when we meet, will we probably feel like that's what's happened? Most likely. And I hope that I do feel like this is the one I'm choosing, but it's not like this was the only ever option that was ever available. So that's my take on whether there is a one or not, but I'm definitely, definitely looking for that knowingness, the knowingness that I have in my career. I realized this in London when talking with a friend who said that she had known with her partner that he was the right partner for her, but in her career, she'd never had that feeling. And I so vividly remembered so many moments in my career where I've had that knowing. There's no question. There's no, you know, going back or questioning whether I'm on the right path, even though I'll constantly be reinventing my career, I'm never questioning whether I'm on the path I'm meant to be on. So when she said that about her partner, I immediately knew what she was talking about based on my career experiences. And I've just honestly never had that in relationship. So I'm really excited for all of these times where I've been dating and I hear a knowing that says no, I'm so excited for the hearing the knowing that says yes. So that's been helpful as well. So in terms of me knowing which one is one of the thousands, that feeling of yes on the deepest level of myself is what I am excited to experience. Number three is that this has been huge. This alone has been a game changer for me in order to recognize and alleviate this thirstiness. It is the fact that, guess what guys? He already exists. He is out there right now. And I know when we think about manifesting and we think about the things we want to create in our lives, I typically 
even if I logically know this isn't true, kind of have this thing in the back of my head that is thinking this is kind of whipping up out of a blank slate or out of the ethers. It's just going to pop up and appear, kind of I dream of genie style. (laughs) And the truth is, He's been on this planet. If I am to interact with this human, he is not zero days old. He is here. He's very likely 28 to 38 years old. He's been on the planet for that long. He's not appearing out of thin air. He is here right now somewhere. I just don't know where he is yet. But me just knowing that he's not coming out of the thin air in the I Dream of Genie style makes it already feel less thirsty. It's like he's... He's there. And to the next point, not just is he there, he's breathing right now. Now, I know for some people, this is going to be a huge eye-opening way of changing their perspective on their manifestations. And other people will be like, yeah, of course he is. Duh, Jess. But let's be honest. He's breathing right now. How real does that make it? One, he already exists. He's been on this planet for decades by now. Two, He's breathing right now. I might even be breathing in the same unison as him. I don't know. I don't know what time zone he's in. He could be sleeping right now. I have no idea what he's actually doing, but I do know that if he's alive right now, he's breathing. And that feels really cool to know. And even if you think about it, all the thousands of guys that potentially could be this right person for me are all breathing right now. When I bring it down to that very elemental and simple, obvious truth, all of the tension, all of this worriness that the ego can create, this tension in our stomachs just melts away. There are thousands of the ones, quote unquote, breathing right now. In fact, All of the guys that I've dated, as far as my knowledge, are still alive as well. So they're all breathing right now too. It just helps me open my mind from this narrow thirstiness, scarcity mindset to an abundance, a breath of fresh air, literally mindset. So this is something I go back to whenever I'm feeling a little bit off about it. It's like, don't worry. He's breathing right now. He's alive right now. He exists. This is not something you're creating out of nothing. Now let's move on. I am appreciating all the data collecting I've done. Now I've kind of hinted at the word data collecting or that term, but I haven't done a full episode on it yet. Maybe I will later if you're interested. But basically the idea is in between our manifestations, as we're looking for the next thing that we're seeking in our lives, we're often collecting data. So data is just experiences we're having are showing us more and more clearly what we don't want and what we do want. This is an Abraham Hicks term and I love it. Data collecting. So as I've been dating, that's what I've been doing. I have been dating people all over the world using all different ways of meeting them online, meeting them in person, having friends. Actually, I think I've had a few friends set me up. Not even many actually at all, but I've done all of these different things to determine the types of qualities that are important to me. And I've gotten to know what those qualities are by dating different types of people. So that data collecting has been fascinating because as I started the dating, I had a 
pretty clear vision of what I thought I wanted. But as I've traveled the world and as I've done more dating, I've gotten to refine that vision and also change it because there are times where I thought I wanted certain things and then I'd experience that type of quality in a person and realize I totally don't want that or I want something totally different. So it's been fascinating. And even I've seen myself go back and change my mind and say, I want this. No, I don't want this. And then I have dated someone else that says, no, actually, that's really cool. But along the way, I have, and you might be wondering, Jess, do you write out a big list of anything? I have written a letter that describes the type of relationship and qualities I would like in a partner. Now, I don't go back to it all the time, but I do go back after any major experience in dating or in relationships, especially if I really like the partner or person and it doesn't work out. I go back to the letter and I adapt it and update it based on the data I collected in that situation. So I'll refine that letter. I started it last July, and I've probably refined it four or five times since then to really get clear on the feelings, the qualities, the experiences I'd like to have with this future partner. Again, I'm not looking at this person with a checklist when I meet them. I'm really going with my gut, but I also do believe that by having these experiences and really putting it into paper what I'm looking for, I'm putting it into my subconscious. I'm really starting to find alignment within that letter and trying to be a vibrational match to it. But have I looked at it in the last few months? No, but that doesn't mean it's not something to continue to refine when major relationship aha moments happen. And it's been amazing because as I've dated, the ones that have made more of an impact in my life are literally getting so, so, so close or actually exactly what the letter is. And if they're not every single aspect of the letter or they are and it doesn't work out and I have more data, I'll then go and add and refine that letter. So of course, it's not about the fact that I'm making this letter. I really do believe the knowing and the vibrational match alone is actually what I believe will do most of this attracting an experience, but it doesn't hurt or I don't find it negative for me to also have this letter as well to keep clarifying and refining as I go forward. I don't think it's necessary. It's just something I'm choosing to do. But again, I think it's optional. Now let's move on. This one I think is pretty sweet, honestly. I'm sending him good wishes and intentions almost every day. Basically, whenever I'm in real great alignment and I feel really great thinking about him, if I'm out of alignment too far, it's not fun to think about him because my ego will just wish he was here now. But if I'm not in one of those places, I find it so fun to think about the fact that A, he's breathing, B, he's alive on this planet right now doing something. So I try to wish him a good day to my intuition, basically. I just basically say, I hope he has a great day today. And my intuition responds, thank you and yes. So it's kind of sweet that my intuition keeps thanking me for asking or sending these positive wishes to him. But that is something I've definitely been doing, sending him good wishes, hoping he has a good day. And I've also had the idea, and if he listens to this, I guess this won't be a surprise, but I've also had the idea to start writing down different types of wishes for him. Like today, I hope something great happens at his work or in his career, or I hope something great happens with his family, whatever it might be, whatever good wish or intention I could have for him. And I've thought about writing them down and documenting the dates that I make those wishes. And it could A, be like a really cute gift to give him at some point and say, here's all the wonderful wishes I've wished you from even before we met. 
And also, I think it would be fascinating to see if any of the things I wished him, if they were more specific than just a good day, like let's say I hope that he has something great happen to him financially, or I hope that something happens with great friendships or something, to go back to those dates once I meet him and see if anything actually ever occurred for him on the days that I was wishing those specific things. I haven't done it yet, so who knows if I will, but I am at least mentally going forward every day. And when I'm in alignment, wishing him a great day. Also, I appreciate this time where I am single traveling the world to do as much as I want, whatever I want. So this is something I recognize as well. If I'm really to get real about this, he's breathing, he's going to be in my life. He's here right now. He's having great days, hopefully. (laughs) When I think about all of this and it feels so real, it also helps me tap into the beauty of this moment and this season of my life that is temporary, that I eventually will be in that relationship and that universe willing, we will have a family if that's something that we want together and that I'm not going to have as much time just to myself as I do right now. So I'm also trying to soak in all the appreciation I can for the amazing experiences that are completely up to me. So if I feel like gallivanting over here this week in the world, I'll be there. If I feel like going, getting my nails done this day at exactly this time, I will go get that done. If I feel like shopping all the time, I'll shop all the time. If I feel like, I don't know, listening to Abraham Hicks for a million hours a day, I will do that. Literally anything I feel like doing, I'm going to go do it because I know when I'm in a relationship, what we do together will shift that to a degree. Am I saying that I'm going to now be run by our relationship? No, I will still have time for myself. But right now I really want to soak in that I literally can listen to Abraham Hicks like eight hours a day if I ever felt like that. So knowing that when I'm in a relationship, that person may not have that type of tendency to want to listen to something specific for that long period of time. I know I can listen to Higher Love by James Vincent McMorrow as many times as I feel like it a day. I listen like 10 times a day. That's probably pretty annoying to someone, but for me, I really enjoy it, so I keep doing it. Maybe he won't care about those little quirks that I have, or maybe he will, or maybe we'll make new quirks together. But either way, I'm trying to really appreciate that I get to soak in all of this feminine, whatever I want to do. It will be fun to adapt and to grow and do things together. But right now, I get to do exactly what I want whenever as much as I want. In addition, I'm also taking time right now to clear and prepare. So when it comes to being a vibrational match to what I truly want, I'm using this time to make sure that I have the clearest vibration and energy that I can have. So that looks like working with coaches, exploring things that light me up, being in alignment as much as possible, and really soaking in my own personal, I don't say development, like, you know, classical physics, classical personal development, but just in general, exploring things that light me up and help me expand as a person because all of that is a part of what I'm hoping to have in common with my partner. First of all, I'm hoping that they're also on this path and journey in some way on their own and in their own way as well. And I just know if they're gonna be this fascinated, I too am this fascinated. And so clearing and preparing, clearing my energy, learning as much as I can about communication and just to be the best partner that I possibly can be with as much joy as I possibly can, because that's what I'm working on anyways. But just knowing that this personal work and excavation and deepening in joy and alignment is also really great for the relationship to come as well. 
And this last one is something I'm going to be adding going forward. And this comes from my friend Faze Nazarelli. He told me this the other night and I thought it was really great. He said he had heard it from a relationship coach. I don't remember who it was, but he was saying that the coach had suggested and he's married now, but I guess he was listening to someone talk about relationships. And if you're looking to manifest someone that you want to think about the things that you will have again, to tap into the realness of this relationship in your life as much as possible before it happens. So it doesn't feel like this airy fairy one day, but not really going to happen thing. So he suggested, you know, if you're really in a relationship with someone, you're likely as you're traveling, especially and going to these warm locations, probably or possibly going to even carry a sunglass case for him. You probably wouldn't carry his wallet or his keys or phone, but you may, as you're traveling and doing some sightseeing, carry his sunglasses in your purse because I have a big purse and that would obviously, I would be happy to carry the sunglasses, no problem. So he said, carry an empty sunglass case, which is literally the kind of equivalent of making room in your life for him. I thought it was really sweet, especially as I'm traveling, because well, I've heard very similar things before. I've heard people say, like, make room to have a toothbrush in your bathroom or have a drawer in your dresser that's empty for your partner. Well, the empty sunglass case is actually, for me traveling, the literal version of that as I'm traveling, because I don't have a drawer in any dressers. I don't own a dresser anymore, and I don't have space in a bathroom because I'm not, these aren't my bathrooms but I do have a bag and I can carry a sunglass case while I travel and it won't be this ridiculous, unnecessary or not great thing. And the really cool thing is this isn't just like a ceremonial empty sunglass case. Like odds are this person is 28 to 38 years old and has sunglasses. So if that's the case, I'm actually buying him a sunglass case before I even meet him, but I will actually theoretically be using it for his literal sunglasses in the future. So it's not even just like a, this is a metaphorical sunglass case. It literally could be his. So I think that's such a cool thing. And for me, when I'm in alignment, that sounds great. I think if I was in really bad alignment for a while about it, I would take the sunglass case out. But in the times where I'm feeling really great about it, I think it's really sweet to be like, basically thinking as much as I can that he's already here, but not again from the place of thirstiness, the place of there's room for him, I'm excited, I'm in alignment for it, and I'm already thinking of nice things that might you know benefit him because I would wish him a good day to go back to that one even if he was in my life. I would be wishing him a good day or hoping good things happen to him. So why not do it ahead of time? And same with the sunglass case. So now let's move on to part three, which is how you can apply these ideas to non-relationship stuff. So let's say you already have relationship or you are seeking relationship and also some other aspects. The cool thing is this works for this other stuff too. Remember, the job that you're looking for, if you're looking for a new job and you're not creating a business, for example, because that's a little bit more like the blue screen that just, it pops out of nowhere or it's the I dream of genie, boing, just kind of happens. But if a job is what you're looking for, it already likely exists or the company itself may already exist. So it's not that it's this weird nebulous thing that you have to create out of nothing. It's probably already there or has existed or is soon to exist in a company that exists. So keeping this really real, or if you're looking to go to college or a new program, the program's there. There is a seat for you in it. You don't know where it is yet, but when it 
does manifest that seat is there and waiting for you. So it just kind of chills the ego scarcity mindset out and recognizes that what you're seeking already exists. Now, if you're going to start to try a new business or something that really literally like a baby that doesn't exist yet, I think that is slightly more difficult to wrap our heads around. However, I think that some of this stuff and especially the idea of the non-thirstiness still applies. And of course, if let's say you're looking for a new flat or a new location to live, or let's say you want to build a house, the land, the house, and the city already exist. You're just looking to become a vibrational match to the clarity about that. And as you go forward, just like I said before, you're data collecting. Why not revel in the data collecting? In fact, I keep reminding myself that I said I wanted to data collect. And I try to remind myself about that because when I was single, I was only single in my 20s after college for eight weeks. And I went on one bad date before meeting Mr. Lively. That was the entire dating experience I had in my 20s was one bad date and then I met Mr. Lively as friends and then we started dating and I was married and five years later I was single for the first time and I remember saying to people, you know, as a joke really, but really I think I wanted to manifest this. I had no idea at the time. I was like, I never got to do the dating thing after college. I always thought you'd be like the friends show and you'd be like Ross and Rachel and go on all these dates and talk to your friends about them. I never had that experience. So this year has been that experience for me. And knowing that eventually I would like to get remarried and be with a partner for potentially the rest of my life. Well, in that case, I'm really glad that I've gotten this year to go date so many different people because I wanted that experience and now I've had it. That feels really good to know I've now had it. I used to even joke that I always wondered what it would be like to online date. Well, now I've gotten to have that experience. So it's interesting when the ego's like, no, 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 I want him now, now. I can't wait any longer. The truth is I'm eventually gonna have him in my life and then the dating stuff will stop. So why don't I enjoy it now? Because I remember having looked forward to that in the past. So trying to appreciate, and for you, if it's your job or if it's the house or trying to find your next location you're gonna live, appreciate all of the experiences you have. I can totally relate to, I don't know where I'm gonna live next, but I'm not so much seeking that anymore. I really am happy traveling and I have a lot of alignment about it. So I don't feel out of balance with that. But if I was saying, for example, and there was a point last September where I really wanted that place that I was going to be, that home, I was seeking that specific location, recognizing that the data collecting is part of this and that all is well and that clarity is coming and the knowing will be there, the inspiration to act, that things will flow, those really help. So basically keep considering how can you be a non-thirsty, completely satiated vibrational match? Of course, you're going to want to monitor resistance. So whenever you say, I really want this, but that, but is canceling it out in quantum physics. We call it an interference pattern in the wave. I'm not going to get too far into it, but I'll just say, it's kind of like, you say you want something going one direction and let's say you want it like, if you could put it into metrics, let's say you say, I want something and it's like you want it like 12 inches long, but you say a but, 
it's most likely that that butt is also 12 inches long. The reason you think it's not going to happen or it can't happen right now for you or whatever the butt is at the end of that sentence, it negates. So no energy moves anywhere. So you want to monitor that. And then whenever you sense it, you want to focus on what does feel good right now. And you might be wondering, well, how do I do that if my ego is super fixated? This is when it's time to go general, as Abraham Hicks talks about it. So if it feels difficult to be super specific, like I really want a partner who is 37 years old to 38 years old and is in within like three miles of my house right now and has a job like I do, you know, you're getting super specific like that. If that feels limiting and scary and scarce and it feels thirsty producing and feels bad, go more general. Think about why you want a relationship in the first place. I love being able to focus my attention on someone and love others. I love being able to communicate and have fun times with people. It feels so fun to feel so aligned. Going to those much more general places about relationships, you can find aspects of that those different types of feelings in your life now without a specific relationship and you can remove the resistance. So you're not putting the focus on all these super specific things. You can get super specific, as I mentioned earlier with the letter, as long as it feels good to think about those things. But if it doesn't feel good, it's time to back off on it and just focus on the feelings you want to feel. There you have it. So that is my suggestions for you guys. I hope this is useful if you are single right now on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. If you have a Valentine on Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day. I hope this is helpful no matter what you are looking to manifest. And like I said, hopefully this is interesting to hear what I'm doing on something that is very important to me personally before it's actually happened. This is me really kind of trying to show you guys in a real sense in pencil the things that I'm doing to apply the stuff I've been so focused on. Hopefully it helps you as well. And like I said, just even just thinking he's breathing right now. He's breathing right now. That's crazy to me. It still makes me feel so excited instead of thirsty. So hopefully this resonates with you. If you'd like to go check out the show notes for this episode, head over to jesslively.com slash future partner. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, you can find me at jesscc as in Cupid Lively. Probably saw that one coming. Now, before I share where I'm headed to next, I'd like to share about today's sponsor, freshbooks.com. FreshBooks is awesome. It's bookkeeping software for businesses and creatives and freelancers. If you need to invoice people and you're using PayPal, this is by far the most enjoyable thing. You don't even have to ever go to PayPal unless you're ready to actually just remove money and transfer it to your account because you can create invoices directly through FreshBooks itself. You can even select the different payment options. So you can have someone do it by the percentage, like the PayPal percentage, or you can do a different option. It's just a button you click and then it only takes 50 cents out of your payment. So you can do those types of things like that all directly through FreshBooks. You can see if the person's viewed the invoice as well, which is kind of helpful. So you know whether that you want to reply back to them and say, hey, did you get that or not? You know if they've already viewed the invoice. And of course, when it's paid, they automatically capture that payment. So you never actually go in and have to say, oh, this was paid on such and such a date. So it's super helpful for things like that and so much more. If you want to see why I've been using it since 2012, go get your own free 30-day trial by going over to freshbooks.com slash lively. That's going to give you that 30-day trial at freshbooks.com slash lively. 
Now for where I'm headed to next, I'm actually on the move. I've been here in Melbourne since January 3rd, but tomorrow night I'm headed to Melbourne. It flowed. I have some amazing Airbnbs. I cannot wait to stay in for the next few weeks. So I've also just, by the way, just heard amazing things about this city. I have a feeling I'm going to love it. And I'll of course be taking you there with me through Instagram and here on the show as well. And yes, for all the Melburians, I don't know how you say that, <laughs> the Cape Tonians, the Melburians, all of you guys, yes, I will be having a meetup probably in the week of February 24th. Whatever week that is, is likely to be it. I'll be sharing details when I know exactly the date and details on Instagram. Until Thursday, may something wonderful happen to you today. 